good morning. Welcome to the discussion, to the service uh, at the Milton Church of Christ. This is a little bit unique for us as these are unique times. We hope everybody is safe and uh, want to make sure you know that if you have any need, uh, feel free to call any of us at the church. Be sure to uh, feel free to call me or one of our elders. Uh, we'd love to talk with you or help you with whatever need that you have. And I want to remind all of us in our community uh, to call and to check on each other. And I hope all of us are doing well. Uh, but us not being able to be together on our Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and uh, on our Sunday morning, certainly we don't uh, want to lose contact with each other. So I hope that you'll call in and check with each other. I know all of you are tickled today that my message is coming to you by video because you can use the mute and or the fast forward. And uh, I understand that and appreciate that possibility. We are going to make plans as we move forward uh, into the next several weeks, not knowing how long uh, the coronavirus might keep us uh, close to home. Uh, Rob Mathis has worked very hard to set up this uh, taping today. He is working very hard on what we might do to be able to uh, communicate better and more effectively in the uh, weeks that are ahead. So stay tuned and, and stay with our website, and we'll continue to try to get messages out about what those possibilities might be. And also, our lessons uh, today, we're coming to you from the church library. Glad to be able to do that. But Rob is working where we might actually be able to be more mobile and do some lessons uh, outside or on location in different areas. So uh, there's some exciting things that, that we may do as we move uh, through this situation. But we pray that everybody is safe and uh, taking care of themselves and their family. And some of us are still having to work. And I know some of you are, are able to stay home. And uh, again, we uh, are trying to be careful, hope that you're careful, but uh, we're not alarmed because we know God is in control. And so we need to use uh, good judgment. We need to listen to those who are in authority who are trying to give us the very best information that they can on how to uh, stay healthy and how to minimize the effects of the coronavirus. Uh, but we trust God to protect us and to take care of us and to bless us, and we know very much that he will. So let's be prayerful every day for each other, and let's be prayerful about this virus and the impact it has. I've been very mindful as I've been in restaurants uh, this week, some which now are closing, but uh, how few people are there, how it's impact, Im impacting those who are servers uh, and their income. Many of them have, have moved uh, back home because they just weren't getting enough hours and not enough people coming in. And certainly it may come in the next few days or weeks. We don't know whether they may be shut down. So lots of folks are impacted, uh, not only health-wise, but financially. We want to be mindful and be as helpful to those people as we can and just pray God blesses us and blesses our nation, helps us keep calm, help us uh, to trust in him. So kind of as we begin this morning, uh, I would encourage you, if you would, if you'd bow with me, uh, let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father, we are always thankful to you for your blessings. Even in times of trouble, uh, we know that you are there and that you have blessed us immensely. Father, these are unique times uh, in our culture, unique times in our world. It's not only affecting us, but affecting the world. And we just pray your blessing. Father, we just know that you're in control of this virus. We pray your protection. Uh, Father, I pray for those who are sick, 
that you would bring healing to them. Father, we know many are going to be impacted economically. We pray your blessings on them as well. Father, we trust in you, and we just ask that uh, you minimize the effect of this virus, that you protect us, and that you restore us. Father, we're reminded that uh, you are the one who is in control. And as much as human beings, we want to be in control. As much as human beings, we want to be the ones who call right and wrong. We want to be the ones to solve all the problems. When events like these happen, Father, we realize we are so totally dependent on you. We just ask for your blessing. Father, we know there are those of our community, of our church family that are sick. We pray your blessing. Many of them have gotten good reports this week. Father, we're thankful for that. Father, I pray that your spirit fill us as we study from your word. Father, I pray that uh, we will always be about your business to use our blessings in service to you, that we will live lives that would glorify your name. In the blessed name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. We've been studying from the book of Acts, and we're continuing in the 20th chapter of Luke's writing of the book of Acts. And I want to talk briefly this morning, and you're very fortunate today that it will be briefer than normal. Uh, Paul's conversation with the elders from Ephesus. Paul is on his third missionary journey. He is returning back to Jerusalem, and so he doesn't go to Ephesus, but he has the Ephesian elders come out and meet him at the seaside and uh, meets with them, and it is a very emotional meeting that they have together because Paul says to them, he says, uh, I won't see you again. And let's read what Paul has to say. This begins in verse 22 of Acts chapter 20. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord God or the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul is heading back to Jerusalem and the Spirit is warning him in every city he goes to, every stop he makes, that he is headed for trouble in Jerusalem. But the Spirit is not trying to impede him from going to Jerusalem. The Spirit is just preparing him. And that's interesting because back in Acts 16, we actually see where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, keeps Paul from going into Asia, uh, especially going up uh, into the northern part, north of Greece, into Macedonia. And so Paul doesn't go there until he receives a vision that we would call the Macedonian call, where he sees a, a Macedonian uh, pleading for him to come and to help them. So we know that the Spirit has controlled where Paul goes on his missionary journeys. But he says now as he goes back to Jerusalem, the Spirit is warning him that he is headed for trouble. But he's headed back there anyway because he knows this is what God wants him to do, and the Spirit actually is compelling him to go back to Jerusalem. We know that Paul is actually going to be arrested in Jerusalem, and that will lead to him appealing his case to Caesar because he is a citizen of Rome, and every Roman citizen had the right to have their case heard by Caesar. So we know he's going to wind up back in Rome and uh, will actually be imprisoned there, and where he writes several of the letters 
uh, that we know in the New Testament from the Roman prison, and that Paul actually has a great impact uh, on even the house of Caesar himself. But he's going to undergo arrest, and he's going to undergo trouble as he heads back to Jerusalem. But Paul handles this in a most wonderful way, and that's what I want us to talk about for just a minute uh, today, is the way Paul handles this trouble that's coming. Now, we know Paul has been shipwrecked three times. He'd been beaten uh, with rods. He had been stoned and left for dead. He had been whipped. He'd been scourged. All of these things had happened to him because Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus, particularly about the resurrection, the importance of the resurrection, that if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, that really the rest of the gospel doesn't matter. But truly, Jesus did die, and Jesus has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all of us who will be resurrected. So he's faced persecution. If you will remember, Paul is actually driven out of Ephesus earlier because the merchants, the silversmiths, had risen up because Paul was preaching the truth about Jesus, and they realized that it was cutting into their uh, prophets as they made statues to the goddess Diana, uh, who was the goddess of Ephesus. So Paul's had lots of troubles, but he knows he's headed back for trouble. But instead of trying to avoid that, uh, instead of trying to mitigate that, instead of Paul saying, I'm doing a great job uh, here in the churches of Asia, I'm doing a great job in Greece, I'm going to stay here, he's going back to Jerusalem because he knows that's what God has called him to do. And he says, here's what's important to me. He says, it's not my life that's important to me. Many of you know that one of my pet peeves is when I ask someone, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm on the right side of grass because I believe there's a lot of things that can happen to us uh, this side of death that are really not pleasant and scare me worse than death does. But Paul says, he said, I consider myself, my life really worth nothing. Paul later will write he, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. To me, that's the epitome of faith, to say to live is Christ and to die is gain. He knew that to die, uh, to be separated from the body, the Apostle Paul would say, is to be present with the Lord, and that he really looked forward to that, but that while he was still alive, he was able to be of service to the people of God, and he knew that was important, and he was between the rock and the hard place, not knowing which was best, to die and be with the Lord or to continue in service to the people. So he said, as long as I live, I'm going to serve. And when my life here is over, I'm going to go home to my reward. That's true faith. And so here's what Paul says uh, to the Ephesian elders. He says, my life uh, is really worth nothing to me. My only goal, that thing that is important to me, that I want to do, that I want to continue, is the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul just wanted to do what God had called him to do, what God had positioned him to do. And we have to look at Paul as he does this to say, Paul would say, or had to understand, and as I look at his life and say, I've been doing what God called me to do, and there was hardships because of that. Sometimes there's this thought that if we're doing what Jesus wants us to do, if we're living right, if we're living godly lives, then everything should go well for us. And we find out in the lives of many of the characters, the individuals that we know in the Bible, that isn't true. Joseph 
was doing exactly what God warned him to do, but suffered many hardships and abuses and had people lie about him. We know Paul has been doing what God called him to do, but yet there were many struggles and setbacks. In fact, Paul, after being thrown into prison, is going to be somewhat frustrated because he is limited in what his outreach could be. But Paul says, I'm not worried about my life. I just want to do what Jesus has called me to do and to complete the task of being a Gentile or being an apostle to the Gentiles. And this task, he says, of testifying of the gospel of God's grace. Paul just wanted to do what God had called him to do in teaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus, where we find God's grace in its fullness, where we realize that God gave his son to die on a cross, then God raised him from the dead, that we might be forgiven and that we might have life eternal. And so that was all that was important to Paul. Uh, nothing else mattered to him. Let's remind ourselves that Paul was an individual who had a lot of achievements and lots of opportunities from an earthly standpoint. Paul was a Roman citizen by birth. Uh, he was born a citizen. We're, we're used to that. There's some debate about those children who might be born in our country who become citizens. Uh, the birthers, we often talk about them. So we're familiar with that concept. Probably most of us were born citizens of the United States because of where we were born. I remember uh, some friends of mine that were born in a military base uh, or in Ethiopia in the military. I'm not sure they were on the base. I think they were, but they carried dual citizenship because they were born in Ethiopia. They were both American citizens and Ethiopians. So Paul was a Roman citizen because he was born uh, in under a Roman province. But it was so important to be a Roman citizen that many folks would spend great sums of money to buy Roman citizenship. And we'll see where that becomes important to Paul later in the book of Acts. But Paul was born a, a Roman citizen with the privileges that came with that. He was highly educated. He was influential among the Jews. And he had gained influence even among the Romans as well. So Paul had a bright future, but Paul said, all that's rubbish to me, as Paul would write to the Philippians. He said, that's just garbage to me, if you will, in light of being about serving God. And so Paul says, as I go back to Rome, I know there are trouble and hardships that await me as I go back to Jerusalem. I know there are trouble and hardships that await me, but I'm not concerned about myself. I just want to be about doing what God would have me to do. And to continue to testify about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We know that Paul was teaching about Jesus. Uh, the folks that would have been there would probably have been familiar with the man Jesus and all that happened in Jerusalem. And so his job was to tell them and to remind them and to instruct them that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the Son of God. And that's why the resurrection was so important that he was teaching them that Jesus is different from other people. Jesus was not just a man, but he was God, that God raised him from the dead and that he lives and that there is resurrection, that the power of Satan going all the way back to the garden where Adam and Eve sinned and death entered the world had been overcome by Jesus. And so he was sharing that with the Jews who lived outside of the Jerusalem area, 
and he was certainly sharing it with the Gentiles, uh, those who were not of a Jewish origin, uh, about Jesus, that those foreign gods that they had been worshiping weren't the true gods, but that Jesus was the son of the true and living God who was the creator. And Paul says, I'm not worried about myself. He said, I'm worried about being about God's business, about finishing the race that God had laid out for me. There's a great lesson of faith for us to not worry so much about ourselves, but to be concerned about doing the Lord's business. In fact, the scripture says that when we follow Jesus, we're to take up our cross and follow him. None of us have been called to suffer what Jesus suffered, but Jesus does call us to take up what we've been called to do, whatever responsibilities we have, whatever opportunities we have. We ought to fulfill those in the service of God, being less concerned about ourselves and more concerned about others and about serving uh, God and being about his business and knowing that through Jesus we have forgiveness of sins and that we have the promise, the confident expectation of resurrection and life eternal. We all know this life is going to end. I hope it's not soon for many of us uh, if we can maintain our health, but someday Jesus uh, is going to come. Someday our lives are going to end. And so we have that hope and promise of life eternal. And in that we have great comfort. And Paul said, I'm not concerned about my life. I'm concerned about serving God. And I'm concerned about teaching the message of Jesus and grace and resurrection. I hope everyone stays safe. I hope everyone uh, is able to enjoy being with family maybe talking on the phone, catching up on some things, and all of us can have this hope and promise that God is on the throne, that God is in charge, and that no matter what happens, Jesus is Lord, and resurrection in heaven is ours.